Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by the retro Loose Cannon. How are you this, uh, well, we're at mid-afternoon on a Saturday. That's always important to the listeners. Sure. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, you didn't ask how I was doing, so uh, I'm doing excellent. Thank you for forgetting to ask. I did. Ask. Wanted... I threw that in there, I, uh, but I also, it was kind of a run-on sentence, kind of my fault. I, was like, I threw <laughs> okay. in a question and then a follow-up sentence and didn't really pause. Yeah, not very good grammar. No, I'm talking like Tommy Lee's wife. <laughs> a lot of inflection. Yes, yeah. uh, I would say that I'm feeling nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a very nostalgic person. Are you? Um, no. You, I don't really you're, care. you're a purge and burn, baby. <laughs> uh, That's right. Move <laughs> we, forward. A purging burn can uh, can can actually, it, it, you know, it, it, they're kind of necessary to help keep the forest uh, uh, alive and plentiful. I've heard anyway. My God, where are we doing here, Baco? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you want to get it back on track. That's good. The reason we're talking today is that before we did the show and outside of the show, we have done interviews with people that we think people might find interesting, even though we're kind of going back, you know, you know, two, three, four, even more years, right? And yeah. we thought it'd be just kind of fun as kind of a retro bonus uh, to, to throw these out once in a while. We're not going to really keep any timeline. We'll, we'll, we'll put them out as we see fit. But uh, we just think they're interesting you know, conversations that we've had. Some will be as short as five minutes. Some will be longer. But uh, I know you've talked to some people back when you were doing stuff that when I had no idea who you were. That's right. Yeah, we've always been very important men in the mm-hmm. music industry. So it's, it's, it's good that we're finally putting this out. These are some gems. Uh, I'll say... I'll say they're uh, pre... What do you want to call this? Cobra BC? Yeah, but like Cobra BC, before Cobra. That's right. Yeah. I like it. So, uh, for the listeners, uh, just a little kind of bonus thing for you. You can uh, take it as you like it. Uh, like I said, they might be real quick hitters. I know a lot of mine are in festivals where there's a lot of noise going on, and I'm in a, a tent, and it's like five to ten minutes long. And I know you did some stuff for your, for that uh, RUFKM, Are You Fucking Kidding Me site that uh, you've talked so much about uh, over the years. <laughs> 
don't think I talked that much about it, but yeah, no, it hardly yeah, at all. Oh, all off air, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I've done a few there, and of course, there's that one from uh, high school where I interviewed Steve, which I might feature. Looking forward to that one. So anyway, this is just uh, our way of saying thank you to everybody. These are the audio quality is all over the place. Like I said, the length is going to vary quite a bit. If you wake up on a Sunday morning, you see a little surprise, just just check it out if you feel like you're interested in the person we're talking to. Yeah, yeah. And which one do you want to kick this off with? I think we need to kick it off with Mark Torian. Um, <laughs> he he was he was the uh, he was ground zero for do I even know you, bro? Right? Like that. Oh yeah. That, he was the guy who threw that into our vernacular. Um, uh, so I will tell people before I get into this. I interviewed him just before a concert in a parking lot in uh, Fridley, Minnesota, uh, outside of his tour bus. We sat on some one of those like collapsible chairs that you take uh, camping quite a bit. He was sure. very affable and very funny. But it is important to notice this interview takes place about two months after he took ex- exception to a uh, a review I wrote of the most recent record at the time, Elefante. And even though I praised the record, he didn't care for the headline and uh, kind of got in my grill about it. You recall that? I do, because that's where the phrase started. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do I even know you, bro? <laughs> You know, which you know, you got to realize that that without Mark Torian, I don't think we could have even had Bro Dragon. Oh, you got a point there, uh, man. Did that, that I think I'm pretty sure that came first. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was definitely that was that was the the chicken before the egg. And it was a, a rallying cry for you and I, almost like where we started to realize why we're doing this show. Yeah, I mean, essentially, he was one of our first mascots. Yeah. (laughs) Vince Neal, Mark Mark Torian. I think that's about it in the beginning. Yeah, no, so it was all good. But uh, what do you think? Should we just get into this, or do you got something else you want to say? No, no, I think this is a great idea, and it'll show how much better we are now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keep that in mind when listening to this, because we're just going to throw the shit out there. We're not not chopping this fucker up. No, but here it is. Enjoy it and uh, listen to some, probably some stumbling kind of face palming moments. So here it is, the first episode of Cobra BC, uh, a retro interview, if if you will, Mark Torian from I believe in 
Alright. Hi, I'm Baco. I'm from Decibel Geek. I'm here with the uh, the Bullet Boy, Mark Torian. Um, he's kind enough to give me some time today. So. Oh, you're kind enough to have me. Thank you so oh, much. I appreciate that. Um, well, uh, tell me a little bit about how the tour going. Let's start with that. The tour's going fantastic. We're really, really excited about what's happening out here uh, on the Lions Tour. It's our first uh, headlining tour in quite some time. Yeah. So we're really excited about it and we've been having a blast out here. Now I saw you at this place about a year ago last yes. summer. Yes. Um, and that showed, well, without tooting your horn too much, really changed my, I mean, because I, I was a big fan. I was in high school when the first record came out. Um, but, you know, I just really kind of lost some disconnect between the 90s and things. Didn't know what you were doing. Really sure. didn't know what to expect. And sure. what a great show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we had a blast. We're, uh, you know, we've uh, just kind of taken about two, a little over two years to put together Elefante and to give something special to our uh, to our family, friends, and fans that uh, that we haven't been able to give them in a while. Yeah. So, what was the last record? Was it Ten Cent Millionaire? Ten Cent Billionaire, which was Billionaire. in 09. So, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, we're all about new music. We're all about living in the now, not in the past. And looking at the uh, front windshield instead of looking in the rearview mirror. Well, a little bit about your past with your career. You've, you've had quite an extensive career. Um, now, I, I know very little about a band called Cagney and the Dirty Rats. Yes. Now, that was a Motown band? Yes. And what did you do in it? I sang in the band. Did you? I sang okay. and played guitar. All right. Now, were you the main, main uh, the only singer, or? I only no. heard a couple songs was, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, we had uh, we had a, a main singer, a front guy, and I was a guitar player and sang the R&B stuff. Would this been like a little before, would this been before or after you tried to first say Ozzy? Uh, this was actually right, uh, probably right before that. Okay. Yes. And I didn't try out for it, it's a misconception. Oh. I was actually in the band. Oh! So we, I rehearsed with the band to travel to uh, England to play with the band. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, um, what, what was that before or after Randy then? That was right when Brad Gillis left the band to join Night Ranger and he wasn't, wasn't going to be coming back. Okay. And they were looking for somebody else, they picked me up. Um, all props to uh, to Ozzy and Sharon. They were just amazing, very very lovely people to me. And uh, at the time, I was very very young. And uh, I rehearsed with the band for almost a month. And basically, they didn't couldn't take me to overseas because Ozzy felt I was just too young still, and they were still reeling over the fact that uh, uh, Randy's death. Yeah. And I talked to Rudy about it all the time because Rudy was you know when I was in the group. That's right. Rudy was there. And, um, Rudy was always so uh, loving and kind to me, showing me the ropes, but uh, he was going through the same thing Ozzy and Sharon were going through, you know, when they're still reeling from this awful, awful premature death of Great Man Rhodes. So uh, when I came in, I was I came into uh, um, uh, mixed reviews, you know, because he was this young kid trying to come in and show his what he could do, and I was very fortunate. Were you able to play a show or not? Or? No. Okay. So it was just, you, you were up there, and then they made the decision kind of after. Yeah, I think they uh, went with Bernie Torme and he went, when they went over there, and uh, <laughs> Sharon had called my house, and I was with my parents and explained the situation. So okay. That, yeah, that just loved him to death, though. They gave me an opportunity, huge, huge opportunity that uh, uh, the kid from Montebello only dreams about, and uh, I loved them with all my heart because they they discovered that Ozzy was always a discoverer of, of talent and 
that I Very was, cool. that I was in that mix was. You're not wrong too. I mean, yeah. sorry. You're not wrong when you say that about. No, Ozzy. It's just I mean, look at the, the guitar players he's had. You know yeah, what I mean? The fact know. that you're just kind of in that. It's a huge group to be lumped in, I guess. That's no, cool. absolutely. Very blessed to be. Yeah. Now, what would have been next? Uh, I, were you in King Cobra for a while? or? Well, after that uh, was Rat. Okay. I joined Rat uh, and worked with them for, for a while. As a uh, singer or a guitar as player? As a guitar player. Okay. Uh, I wrote one of their first hit songs, You Think You're Tough, with Robin and Steven. Okay. So I um, did a lot of shows with them in L.A. Um, and, and around the L.A. Basin. So I was actually the, the new young guy then, so I'm playing with you know, a couple of and both the cats. But very cool. Yeah, it's was, it was a tough one in there. Uh, um, me and myself and Stephen and Robin, uh, Stephen kind of took me under his wing. You know, he's always one of those kind of cats who really believed in my talent and wanted me to play in the band. And after being with the Aussie fell apart, he said, man, you need to come play with us and be a rat. You know? I'll never forget that. And I was just like, wow, this is going to be so great. So when I started working with them, and, uh, it, was, it was awesome other than... Uh, other than uh, one of the guys in the, the, the band that gave me quite a hard time when I was young. Uh, and his name will remain nameless. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the hard time that he gave me and the tough love that he gave me actually opened up my ears uh, to a lot of different musics maybe that I wouldn't have listened to at the time. So even though it was tough love, it was tough love musically that opened up my ears. So it was a double-edged sword. Sure. And... Um... Well, let's just skip to the Bullet Boys at this point. Uh, so when that starts, and because I think what you're saying there kind of ties into at least some of the misconceptions I even felt at the time about them. Uh, you, you were so different. It, it was hard to categorize. I almost think, you know, from my view, that it was almost like the end of the 70s might have been a better time for you. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Just, the... just to how they categorized you, because the closest thing that you got lumped in with the Rats, who were a great band too, and Poison, things of that nature. Right. But there was we just, you were closer to Van Halen, and I know there was comparisons there, but that, much more like they're trying to say that you're uh, miming them and things of that nature, but your voice was very different. Actually, you're a much better singer than David LaRoff. Thank you. But, um... I'm just saying, your music had more to it. It was the, the yes. guitars were a little more open, um, you know. And then you're doing covers like for the love of money. It's yes. just, I thought, uh, and even know, smooth up. It's just kind we of were more of an aggressive band than that. It's um, yeah, I, I, more of a you know we had you know our my musical backgrounds um, were and still are very varied uh, from jazz to R&B to rock to punk punk rock music. Uh, classical, um, you know, uh, just it goes on and on and on. You know, I was very fortunate that I grew up with my mother and father, who were uh, extremely musical, who were musicians, and uh, we had music around our house all the time. You know, sending me to piano lessons and stuff. But I would never do that. I picked the guitar on my own and just kind of self-taught myself. And, you know. Why didn't you play more guitar, like in the Bullet Boys at the beginning? Um, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that the situation that we were in led some of the individuals to be more open and to using all our musical prowesses. Almost a little territorial. Yeah, you know, and that's that's why, you know, to me, it never really kind of worked because of the fact that uh, I wasn't able to use my other musical prowesses, from, um, from guitar to piano to you know, trying to arrange and stuff. I, I felt like I was very stifled sometimes. But it had to help with the songwriting, though, right? As far as oh, being able to bring songs. Yeah. To the oh, table. absolutely. You know, I, 
I wrote the majority of the Villapoy songs that were, you know, that were hits. And uh, with myself and Lonnie Benson, you know, we wrote some up together. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, the original drummer never wrote a single note. Well, he's a drummer. Yeah, well, you know, so most well, there's a lot of drummers. That, there's a lot of drummers that are very, very um, prolific in their songwriting. Also, yeah. I mean, you think drummer. Uh, you said a lot. I don't know about that. Not, no, <laughs> no, well, no, absolutely. The, the, I'm the drummer that passed away from the Ben Sevenfold had the majority to do with the writing. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that, that's a. Uh, that's a fallacy that uh, drummers aren't writers. I know a lot of drummers... It's a cheap shot. Players. I was just trying to... Ah! <laughs> uh, like we, uh, I, I've been in bands myself, and the drummer is always the guy we picked on. Ah. So, yeah, good, good natured stuff. They usually give it back. But uh, um, So that gets us to, like, the, the 90s kind of come, and, you know, everything happens, and it, it, your whole scene kind of gets wiped out with Nirvana kind of taking not things over. Not necessarily Well, us. you know what I mean. It, well, it, it, it took an impact on it. No, you know? not with us. Um, we did a most of the majority of touring in the 90s. We didn't tour in the 90s. So what, with grunges around, we were still out there touring. We were playing with a lot of different bands from, from the 90s. So we kind of like were that uh, exception to the rule as far okay. as we were never... Uh, but Zaza was probably not really given the push it would have maybe a year earlier. No, I don't think it was. I think that everybody... Maybe people went on vacation. That, that, uh, I don't know, but we were more. Uh, I would say we were more of an alternative band than, than just your straight up uh, rock band. I look at it like the Black Crows is an alternative band. Sure. You know, there was it was. We were trying to do something that was. I mean, our second record we released THC Group. Now a song like that, no one was even attempting to do anything like that. No. Or hang on St. Christopher, or you know. This, we were trying to you know, push the boundaries a little bit musically, and uh, the problem that I had was that the songs sometimes revolve too much around the sex joint premise, mm -hmm. and I love sex joint songs, but you know, after a while, they become very mundane. And that pretty much dropped after the first record with you guys, or yeah, I just it was, you know, it was just us kind of chasing this thing that's kind of up to a lot I didn't get into this for this, you know, like, I always tell people I was very blessed to uh, 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 write and uh, smooth up with, with Lonnie and uh, very, very fortunate to do that, but I don't want to be known as the smooth up guy for the rest of my life. Sure. And uh, that's why we get What's the time capsule of where you are? Billionaire and Sophie and, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, these records that, that, that we We've done and I've done and put out there. Always try to bring my band into the now instead of people thinking that we're a band from the past. And it's not the easiest thing to do in the world because a lot of people have these pre misconceptions about what we're doing or what I'm, what I'm doing. You kind of break those boundaries when you release an album like Elefante, like we did. We took big risks on this record for a little band from South California called Little Boys um, and stepped out on a pirate plank with a sea of sharks. <laughs> decided to jump into the water. Nice. Um, so it was, um, you know, we took a lot of uh, guff and a lot of bullying and a lot of shaming and a lot of ridicule. And I've taken a lot of stuff over the years to, you know, people saying that I have illusions of grandeur and different things like that. And I don't. I'm, I'm a working class musician. I have my, my family, my very, very close friends, and we did this for them. And I consider my fans uh, family also. So I wanted to do something special 
uh, that would maybe uh, shine a light at the end of that very, very dark tunnel, and maybe there's a thin light at the end of that tunnel that people could uh, rebuild on some things. I think we're going through a lot of different things in our country right now, um, and I really revere bands that are really trying to say some things out there uh, without getting too uh, preachy, or because we're, yeah. you know, we all we all make mistakes and we're all you know we're all sinners and we all try to do the best that we can. But uh, I'm getting that a lot from people, especially like a song called Symphony that's on a record that, I mean, I can't tell you every night that people are coming up to me and telling us, thank you, you guys, for writing this song. This helped me get through this really bad situation. Like, you know, my, my, my husband just left me, or my grandmother just passed away, my kids are sick. I mean, I just lost my home, you know, and I, I play this song, and it just it, it gives me it gives me this, this it's crazy, it makes me feel like I can do things, you know? <laughs> But when you get something like that, you're just it's so. I hate to use this word, but it, that's the only one I can think of. It's just it's a really massively humbling experience, as you don't know how people are going to react to your music. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, so that we're getting any type of accolades at all, it's it's just a, it's, it's unbelievable. I haven't heard one bad thing. No, we haven't either. So. That's it's it, in this day and age to not to get that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's pretty like it's, it's well, really. You amazing. touched a little bit on that. Um, I reviewed the record for Decibel Geek, and I actually commented in there that I, you know, after seeing you live and then hearing that record, you know, in about a year's time, it, it really flipped my opinion of, of everything. It actually just brought me to where you were. I guess a better way to put it. Um, I I really felt that you get an undue share of shit sometimes. Um, because you know you're not you're not you're not my boss you, we're not friends but we don't hang out no what you owe me is a good record and a good show and, and in the, the, those two instances that's where you're delivered so it seems like a lot of this other stuff coming from people who know you no better than I do right. it almost is mean mean-spirited I guess it's one right. thing to be no, constructive I... and open-minded but why do you think that that you've been a little bit more of a target <sighs> So that's not even really fair to say because plenty no, of people okay. do. The internet gets gets a lot of you know uh, people out there that, that can say things, but it does seem that like just because uh, you know I want you to be kind of over the top. I want you to. I don't care if you have delusions of grandeur. I, I don't want you to be so down to earth that you're gonna like turn your back and be like, well, do you really want me to play another song? That, that's not what I. And that's what nobody here who's gonna be here tonight wants. No, we we we're a band that uh, don't assume that we take that. People assume that they're going to take kindness for weakness. We all grew up in tough areas in Los Angeles, so we lead with love, and people don't understand that. They said, "Why are you? Why are you like this? Why is this? Why are these people? Why, what's what's the deal? Why are they so? You know, what's going on? But what it is is that you know we really care about music and what we're doing, and um, I do take a lot of heat for it because." Um, there's some, been some things that I've said in the past that actually were supposed to happen that actually didn't manifest. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, so Gene was, Simmons. I was told, you know, through my agents and the people around me that this was going to happen. So, you know, we're excited. We say, hey, this is going to happen and blah, 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 and things are going to happen. So, you know, it is what it is, but we're very, very excited. Um, 
with uh, Munzee Ritchie and uh, Skateboard Marketing, Cleopatra Deadline, Nancy B. Sale, our publicist, uh, Blue Sparrow uh, Enterprises, our, our corporation, uh, that we have a team of people that got us a top 10 record with CM, uh, CMJ National, on the CMJ National Charts. Um, we're rebranding the band, mm -hmm. and for Rollover to hit in the top eight uh, in the country oh, with a bullet is just unprecedented. <laughs> It just, uh, it's just, it, it's dumbfounding to me um, that even the ridicule that we take, that people said, you know what? I mean, dude, we've had people that can't, st that start immediately by start bashing us. And then by the end of the, 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 the uh, review, it's like, I, I love this band now. I hated this band and it didn't like it. I don't even know why I didn't like it, but now I love this band because this is the best record they've ever put out. So it, when you get that, you're just like, wow, that's insane. <laughs> you know, this guy that's literally too far hated off. us. I don't, I don't know if you had a chance hated to read us. my review. I, I know there was a little back and forth on Facebook, but um, that's very close to how my review was. Wow. I talked a little bit about the dirt that's been slung at you over the years, even touched on maybe reasons why, but then sure. I'm like, then I kind of talked what we were just talking about. Well, it's so. funny, that, you know, people don't know me. You don't know me. Right. I mean, you don't know me personally. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, I, I don't really get a chance to open up to people personally. I've been very, very hurt in my career and hurt by people around me. I'm not a victim. I never try to say that. I know there's other people and many people in this business. It's not an easy business. I'm not sitting here crying in my Sierra Mist. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you kind of, kind of pick yourself up sometimes, you know, I, uh, by reason. I'm not a quitter. I never have been. No, you're a rock and roll survivor. I've had people quit on me. Uh, quit on their fans and, and quit on just everything and I, I, I would never quit on, on my fans because I owe my fans and family and friends which I encompass into one thing person uh, everything because the fact that they still come still that we're still packing shows uh, the on the lines tour has been great shows have been packed um, uh, we're doing I would say uh, at least uh, half of the set is uh, is um, Elefante nice. because people are just screaming for it I, I was telling her on the way here it's been a long time since a band with your history you know like length of time yeah, totally. that like um, I wanted to hear so much of the new record oh, awesome thanks man. but uh, we'll get into a little bit yeah, of that yeah. then um, uh, Elefante thank you for bringing that stuff up because you know we're yeah. we're uh, working with a campaign right now with a company that we are with an anti-bullying and anti-shaming company. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, young um, young people now that take a lot of this bullying and shaming. And I'm here to say that not only the young people take it, but the older guys take it too. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to yeah. bully and shame somebody without a face and a keyboard. It's a lot more difficult to bully and shame somebody when you're standing in front of their fucking face. <laughs> You're not wrong. So it's 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 an epidemic in this country. It's got to end. I think we need to revere our artists and our young artists that are coming up. Even though they make mistakes, we've all made bloody mistakes. But to be constantly haranguing them and trying to knock people down is is I don't know. It's just it's insane to me. I don't understand it. And I, I, I it's not maybe for me to understand, but for me to try to gain knowledge and to let the younger people know that you don't have to be bullied or shame. We, and Bullet Boys as a whole, we accept everybody as human beings. We love everybody. It doesn't matter uh, color, creed, sexual preference, what, what have you. We love everybody. Everybody, we have, we don't. We, we grew up like that. So when people are, when I read stuff and people are getting that from people, I'm like, you know, 
I don't understand. The only thing I can understand is because maybe somebody may be a bit jealous, or you know that somebody's trying to do something out of the box. There's no reason There's why a lot of hiding. we still can't dream. There's no reason why we can't still speak out. Words, words are very powerful about our vision, about different individuals' visions that they have. And once you take that away and you try to squash it all, I mean, what are we? Doing? Yeah. You know, I think we're in the United States, and this country that I was born and raised in, you know, they must be looking right there, the flags just soaring in the sky. I mean, this is the land of opportunity, the land that you can say anything that you want. You know, it shouldn't, people shouldn't be coming down all the time. Even though they don't agree with it, you know, you still have to be able to accept the fact yeah. that people have a voice. And those voices have to be heard. It is a vocal minority, I think, to a certain extent. I, generally speaking, you run into people, they're, they're up front. Yes. Um, it, uh, the anonymity is probably what yeah, irritates me the most. Yeah. Even like some of my writings and stuff, I can get a little snarky or sarcastic, but yeah, my email address is there. I'm all over the place. There's ways to get a hold of me and tell me exactly. That, if that if I have a defense, it's that. But, I, but typically, I'm just more like over the top than anything. I, I like to support music. I like to... What tripped me out is that a band from our supposed genre is always... Or, or, or band, bands from our supposed genre are never allowed to grow and to write music without some type of, uh, you know, someone coming down and lowering the boom and, oh, yeah. that's a blah, 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 blah. But everybody else from the 90s is able to come up with new music and, you know, everybody's hailing it. So my thing is, all you guys out there that are, are from our supposed era, I'd sure like to hear some new music. I'm, uh, if, if they can kind of hold up to Elefante, I think it'd be a great thing. Yes, sir. Let's talk about it. Yes. Um, so you, you said you spent about uh, two years? A little over two years. Um, and it, it, recording now is, is so much different. So it's not like the days where you right. go in for six weeks, right? No. So It's a different, you might go in for three weeks, come back out, another, you know. It all depends. Like the, the process with this record was, um, you know, I really wanted to put take put the songs together, take them apart, we all did, put them back together, lyrical content, okay, that's great, but that's not great, we want it great, you know, how do we make that great, I need to go back home, to really, you know, really focus so on, so it's kind of a benefit of taking longer, you know, in some instances, instances, yes, in some instances, no, it just happened to work out for us in the, on the better half, the better half of it, because, uh, we were very diligent, and we had a process that we wanted to achieve, and, the process was to be able to take time with something. I think there's a lot of people that are just putting out stuff, they're just throwing it out there. You know, and even, even if some of it's good, you know, I, I look at the artists now that that I revere and that I have a lot of respect for musically and business-wise, and they're taking their time with the music. They're not just trying to, play, especially some of the new bands, you know, they're, they're really trying to focus on, this fight's a body of work. Right. You know, like uh, I hailed the mighty Foo Fighters and David and, and Taylor. And, and I think Symphony has a vibe of the Foo Fighters. Interesting. Well, I, I, I think I just love them to death. And, uh, you know, their music uh, got me through some really, really dark times uh, that I went through uh, in my personal life and really uh, warmed my heart to try to do something special with my band. Yeah. It kind of challenged me to step out of the box and to step up in, in another position. Instead of just trying to, you know, you know, I always use this analogy. We're not a band that sits around like chickens and pecks up the floor. We're a band that tries to soar like eagles. Yeah. And you're either going to soar like an eagle or you're going to be chickens walking and picking at the ground. And I don't want to be a chicken picking at the ground. No. 
I'd much rather soar like an eagle if I could, mm-hmm. if I'm blessed to, and I work hard for it. Um, I, I'm a working class musician. Uh, people don't like to hear that. They want to hear rock star. I'm not a rock star. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think of myself at all as that. I think of myself as a hardworking musician. I put on my hard hat. I got my lunch pill every fucking day. You know, I go out and, and attack it that way. Um, I see a lot of people that have this rock star thing, and it's just, you know, it just really kind of bums me out sometimes, you know, because you can't really approach somebody or you can't really, you know, talk to them like a brother and go, hey, what's going on? Yeah. You know, and that's how I roll, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you, you kind of stepped on my lead on this a little bit earlier, but I'll just get into it. Um, no problem. Uh, one thing I liked about the record, and, and I noticed it pretty early on within the first five songs, um, is that so many bands that are that you know again with your you know career trajectory along because it's been around a long time sure bro they try to release music now of what they think they once were but it's, they're thinking like it now and it yes, it, it kind of becomes a simile yeah and it be- yeah and it becomes a weird you, thing you don't like I don't think you could write smooth up today because you're not that I same guy I would and I'm glad you did there's no stripper anthems on this record no. that is. It sounds like you now. It also sounds like the Bullet Boys. It's that. Uh, and the now. Yeah, yes, it, 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 it you know. You, yeah, you're welcome. It, it really does. So it, it, it really just, it, it's an amazing record. It's oh, definitely going to be in my top 10 at the end of the year. Right now it's close to one or two. But, um, yeah, thank you so much. I let's, appreciate it. Let's talk a couple songs. Yes, and, uh, let's talk a couple tunes. It, rollover kicks off really good. It's, yes. it's a way to start a record nice and strong. Thank go, you. go big off the bat, right? Absolutely. Go big or go home, right? <laughs> Um, but I think my personal favorite is um, uh, "Saving You for Me." Um, Very interesting. Uh, yeah. The thing we're is, we're hearing like, that a lot. Like, yeah. Um, well, my lovely wife here. We've been together for over Yay! ten years. I don't have this relationship sadness. You know. You know what I mean? But I listened to that song and I related to. Even though I'm not in it, it still took me to it. You know what I mean? We've Thank all you. been through breakups, and that's a very strong message to send. To be able to sell it with the emotion. You know what I mean? I went through some very bad personal experience with. Uh, was it related to your divorce? That was yes. my guess. Okay. Sure. Alright. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to get out and get through some of that I, stuff. I don't like to say, I mean, I get a lot of questions of, you know, well, what does this mean? I, I, I've always, my whole career, I want to hear what it means to the person that's listening to it rather than me explaining. You know, yeah. What does it mean to you? Yeah, what for you, those, that's what it's about. But yeah. it, the, the listener is going to, I mean, for me, it just reminded me of a couple other bad relationships when I was younger, you know? But it just, it, I was almost sad listening to it. It was that you. good. You know what I mean? Thank you. you don't often hear someone say thanks for their song making them sad. But no, no you got exactly you know, what I'm saying. It it, it, it it evokes an emotion, and mm-hmm. that's you know that's what we want. You know, we I, I I this music is so honest that I I went through a lot of emotion with the for the first time actually putting this this record together that I'd never done with the Little Boys, where I was really open with my emotions and open with with my poetry and, and lyrical content. And uh, that for the first time, you just kind of going like, wow, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want it to be as honest as possible, brutally honest. Hey, thanks for sitting with me out here, too. It's kind of, I like just hanging out. Oh, you know, when we, we get nights like this in Minnesota, you know, beautiful, huh? you should come here in the winter. Oh, we have. <laughs> it's been up to here. We, we, it'd be up to our chins right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, man. <laughs> Uh, totally. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I lost track of where we were at. We we're just talking about the record, obviously. Uh, what was the game? Name the guy who produced it. I wrote it down. Matt Thorne. No, Matt. That is. Let uh, uh, me put that out there. I don't know what. Just, I got that off of Wikipedia. Ryan Green is the producer of Elefante. 
Ryan Green produced this record with me. Matt Thorne was our second engineer. Okay. So was that his studio or whatever, off. like, or not? Uh, Ryan Green, um, he, he, um, Ryan Green's worked on so many different great records. Megadeth, he started uh, Fat Records with um, uh, Fat Mike from, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I can't Drawing a blank right now. I'm so sorry. Um, from No Effects. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So no effects, Ryan right. started that label with Mike, and uh, you know, Ryan's punk rock background is one of the reasons why I want to work with him and hip hop and R&B and rock. You know, um, he's just a perfect guy to work with. He gave me the opportunity that a lot of producers never gave me, which is to be myself and to try everything I wanted in the studio. You know, and when you get that, when someone gives you that opportunity, you run with it, man. You never get that opportunity from producers. It's always kind of their vision, what they think. And, can, you know. can be helpful, but sometimes it can yeah. hold you back. It's, it's, it was, you know, uh, working with the, the brilliant Ted Templeman most of my career, I, I've, I've used a lot of uh, what he taught me, and I was able to learn from him on Telefonte. Uh, separation, uh, space, creating space in the songs, and different things that are just musical terminologies, you yeah. know, but that maybe some people will go, oh, okay, I don't know what that is, but it's just making a song be able to flow better, um, where it's not such a linear record, where everything just like, okay, well, here's the first song, oh, and then the second song, it all sounds the same, it sounds the same, it's like, and then all of a sudden you're getting the record. Mm -hmm. You know, I, this record has peaks and it has valleys, and has different uh, content, that, content that you wouldn't uh, maybe expect from the bullet points. You know? No, I definitely. That's where they're. But it, I still think it still stays sounding. You don't think you're listening to a different band. No. It, but it is just a, a new avenue for you guys. Mm -hmm. so. And I think that's where we're going to be. This is the. It started off a Tencent billionaire. How we started just manifesting uh, and reinventing uh, the band and the sound uh, because you know, it, in all intents and purposes, you know, it, it's great to be back in the day to be. Um, Compared to the same breath of band, which I still just love, and it's just an amazing accolades that were thrown at us at that time. I never took it the, the wrong way because I, I love Edward and, and Alex, and Michael, and David. They've been. I think some of it's really. valid, but some of it not so much. <laughs> well, I think it's because I think I had blonde hair and I ran around and you know <laughs> was completely out of control, and, you know. But uh, uh, it, it, we were. A, more aggressive, but the thing is, it's, it's great to to be like, you know, well now, it, here we are, you know, and you go like, wow, okay, well, what, what are the, what's fun? a lot of people ask, still, they go, oh, so what's going on, and the, guy, the guys will go right up to, what do you mean, what's going on, haven't you listened, haven't you listened to this, you know, it's like, oh, right. no, I haven't, you guys got a new record, it's like, so, you know, that goes to what you were saying about, especially in this country, it seems like we don't allow our rock stars to grow old anymore, you know, it's like it ended with like Elton John and Billy music, Joel. Yeah, I mean, pop I'll, music in the 80s used to have, in, you know, people who could play music, you know, and now it's gone. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I do like, I, there's a lot of bands that I really, really love right now, and I won't get into it, but um, there's a band from Australia that they're gigantic right now, uh, and they're... Um, Five seconds of summer. Okay. Love those dudes. They wear bullet boy shirts. They're on the rock. <laughs> they're you know they're, they they uh, they have fun with their music. They're they're very um, animated on stage. There are good bands. You know I'm just saying? talking more like the high end. That what what fills radio and stuff. Yeah, you know, but you know, I, I I don't I never followed any of that. I like following the stuff that's kind of cutting edge and you know, 
so sure. many, so many great Good bands. Good point. That's I mean, not in new bands, but I mean, new bands also. But there's, you know, I, I love to listen. I love all beats. I love Rise Against. Uh, I really love Rival Sons. Uh, Rival Sons is a great, great. I like band. all those bands. Um, uh, Crowbot. I just went to go see them at the library. We're going to see them next week. Uh, amazing. Um, amazing. We band. saw them uh, in May. And I got to meet him and talk to them too. Great Just, guys. Oh yeah. Really Young, good, sweet guys. Rock and roll. Very talented. The lead singer um, has great prowess and is the real deal on stage. I love seeing that. Um, but you know, there's a couple, this band from Canada uh, that uh, Jerry from the Misfits put together. He put together a solid gals band uh, called Chee Demons. Mm. Uh, it's a, a punk rock band with all gals in it. And, uh, singer is a friend of mine, Priya, and she's trying to do something different, you know, and I, I hailed that because, you know, just trying to step out of the box and do something, and Jerry put this thing together. I love Jerry. Hi, Jerry. I love you from this, but... How uh, well do you know Jerry? Um, I actually just... I, I, I've known him through passing, but we were able to sit down the other night and sit and have a chat with him and his son, and I got to tell you, man, he's one of the sweetest guys I've ever met in the music business. Yeah. The nicest and just... Uh, full of full of good uh, good common good thoughts and it was just just a uh, he's just such a really good person he had great energy the sun had great energy his, his people around him were really great and, nice. and I seen them play you know at, 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 in OC and the, from the first note there's a mosh pit and the place is packed <laughs> to the gills I mean packed to the freaking gills and I'm watching this and I'm going like all hail to the misfits have you it. ever met Glenn? You know, I've never met Glenn before. I've always like, I've always wanted to meet Glenn, but here you go. You know, does he want to meet some guy from Bullet Boys? You know, since we're, yeah, since we're all getting yeah. random, what about like Minnesota guys like Prince? You ever met Prince? No, I have not. I never have met the, the amazing Prince. I would freak out if I did. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Yeah, I think I'd have a... Uh, wow. I'd probably... You talk about talent. You can't use... Seep out of every orifice in my body no, the wrong way. <laughs> I know it's, no one can supersede <laughs> that guy's talent. He's just... No. Uh, He's an American icon in every single song. Amazing that he writes. Just amazing. Uh, Nicky, uh, Nick Ross, uh, uh, my best brother in, in uh, rhythm and lead guitar. He hails friends. So, one of his favorite cats. You mentioned Jerry's son. We met your son and uh, talked to him for a little bit. Yeah, tonight. he's out hanging out. Great yes. kid, man. It's a good way oh, to yeah, spend some time kid. with him, huh? Yes. I have a lot of... Lot of uh, you seem to have a lot of positive energy. He does. He's worked very hard. And uh, he has his own production company also. He's working with some cats over at Westlake. Uh, studios in Los Angeles, and he's doing a lot of hip hop and R&B, and producing um, different artists, and producing actually some really, really big artists that are actually coming out right now. So uh, I have a lot of respect for him, and, and, and a lot of love for what he's doing right now. Very cool. What he's achieving as a young man, because it's uh, it's extremely. Uh, his mother, Drew uh, Atkins, and myself are just really proud of him. Good. Um, what about your voice? How do you stay keep that sun? The record, you know, you can you can tell that you're older, but it's still so strong. And you know, um, how do you keep? How it? is it that you could tell that I was older? God, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it. You know, I, I never like to get into too much of this no, because okay. because I, I'm not here to talk about me as a musician. But I've been I've been in the same band for 19 years. I've heard my voice sounds exactly the same. And everybody says that. It's well, so I, I, I I I definitely it's not something like my mom could pick up. 
<laughs> you know, it's a subtle thing, and, I, and that's why I said I don't want to get into that too well, much. If but you're saying that I'm you, not... you sound more a little more mature. There's a little, there's some wear and tear. I mean, your voice doesn't sound like it did back then, and it shouldn't. It doesn't sound like you know two different I, people. I don't think there's any wear and tear in my voice. I think it sounds amazing. I, think, I do too. I, I, don't, I don't. I wasn't trying to say anything negative. I, well, no, no, no. I know okay. you're not. Okay. But if we're, if you know, I'm, I'm, I like to challenge myself, and you know, I'm, I, I, I haven't heard that once, and I'm not trying to stick up for myself. But <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm the first. It's probably the, you're probably the first person that's ever said that, right, Miles? Yeah, but you do. I, it sounds that was again when I saw you here a year ago. That was one of the things that took away. Is I couldn't believe how amazing you sound. You know, because Thank of you. how long you've been doing it, and you have one of those very pushed. I don't know if, how to describe it. A, a, a very heavy voice, very strong. Yes. And those are the ones that typically you see. You well, there's know, a lot of cats in my business right now from our genre that don't have cats in them. Right. So that's one of the things that I hold dear to my Let's heart. Let's talk about that. That I can still do what I did on the first record. And uh, yeah. the vocal pause is very, very, you know, that's one thing that uh, that I kept up and very fortunate that I kept up is, is my voice. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I give all, all credit and all blessings to God Almighty who keeps my voice playing. It has nothing to do with me. What about staying so fit? You got to weigh what, me, 100 pounds? Everybody says that. I, uh, I run and I am in the gym constantly. Uh, I have to because I put on a very, very physical performance. Mm -hmm. um, I figured if uh, Mick Jagger can do the routine that he does at 72 years old, there's no reason why I can't do it at my age. Yeah, amen. Yeah, man. And you know, I, I don't want to go see some guy that's out of shape on stage. No. If I wasn't, I don't think I'd go. Go to Molly Crew then, right? No, you know, hey, listen. <laughs> he will not get into any dirt. Let me no. do the correct shit. No, talking. you can go no. talk to that, but yeah, I will never no, talk shit about no. Molly because those no. guys. I don't know them something. either, so. Let me tell you something right now. Vince Neal is my brother, and he has been for years and always has been. So you know him so pretty well? Personally, very well. Personally, very well, Tommy Lee. Personally, very well, Nikki Six. Personally, very well, Monster Man, Nick Mars, who, is, who are my idols and friends, and guys that have been very positive, especially now with the release of Elefante, have been in my core corner and being cheerleaders who are my very friends. Cool. And that, to me, is everything. Now, we do get older, and yeah. some of us, we, we fluctuate weight-wise, we fluctuate like that, but I want to tell you something right now. I love Vince Neil with all my heart. He's a talented, talented man with the biggest heart and has always been my friend. And he's a Latino brother of mine. So, and I just, I just recently uh, have been gotten back with, um, uh, been very blessed to be around Tommy as of late. I was up at his home and we were recording some things for Phil X and uh, the drills. So I did some background vocals there. And, uh, we're talking about my new record, but I got a chance to listen to it, and he sent me this wonderful email, just completely blown away. Very cool. You know, he loves Kinfolk. So yeah, he's like, well, that's dude, Kinfolk, oh shit, that's gotta, be, that's gotta be your next single. You know, so, but uh, for I, those guys to take the time, as busy as they are with their families and their careers, I just so revere and so very lucky that, that these people and these amazing musicians are still in my life. I, I heard that the last heart. the last song they're gonna play at their last show is Home Sweet Home, and even just hearing that kind of put chills on my you know spine. Yeah. Like that would be a magic moment, but we're not here for that. Um, well, let's just kind of wrap this up with uh, what what's now and what's next. The tour is going good. How much of this tour you have left? This leg or whatever? Uh, this leg would till uh, we have a week, but we were going to be doing, doing four legs of this tour, 
and touring through this record through all of next year. With Gunzo the, the whole time no. or changing it up? Okay. This is just for this first time. Okay. Well, you think you'd be coming back this way at all? or? Uh, we hope to. Yeah? Yeah, man. We, love uh, to have you. Oh, thank you. No, we love being here. I love it here, man. It's for us great. old guys, if you can throw it on a Friday or Saturday, it makes things easier. Uh, no, I'm nah, serious. Well, we had... It's, <laughs> Sometimes the just book, the reality. Sometimes the booking schedule is a bit tough, you know. So we try to get in when we can and yeah. everything else. But I just want to throw out a shout out to everybody out there uh, in the Bullet Boys camp: uh, Drew Atkins, Nancy B. Sale, uh, uh, Muncie Ricci over at uh, over at Skateboard Marketing, uh, Brian Pereira, uh, Timmy Suey for uh, Cleopatra Deadline. Thank you so much for for doing what you're doing for us. It means so much to us. Uh, my agent, uh, Chuck Bernal, over at Artists Worldwide, thank you for putting us on this great tour and uh, doing what we're doing, and we're still keeping on. And we have more dates. We're doing an extensive tour in November, December, two months in Europe. So we're really hoping to get out to Europe and South America uh, because it's just time for us. There's something we have. Um, just ridiculous fans out there and we haven't been out there in about eight years so we're coming for Europe we're coming for Alafonte I'm telling you it's going to be off the hook uh, we're going to have some great bands with us when we tour out there so I'm really looking to, to be out there and really looking forward to um, to playing for all of our wonderful wonderful extended families in Europe Mark, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for keeping me positive. Oh, anytime. You know, that's, uh, it's nice that you can just kind of glom onto some positivity oh, from somebody else. So. Thank you, brother. That's uh, that's what keeps me going. I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for uh, to try to stay positive. Through, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like an, uh, uh, I try to, you know, sometimes we feel like angels swimming in a sea of devils sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. You know, so I, I try to keep that. Um, I have to super glue my heart together every morning, <laughs> and I think we all do at some point, yeah. but it uh, keeps me going, and you know, I, I have a lot of really great positive people around me, and thank you for saying about the positive. We yeah. try to roll with the positive, yeah. never with the negative. Well, you, you are a rock and roll survivor. I mean, if you. if you wanted to look at it from like, uh, like what makes sense, you, you can make a pros and cons list, sure. and that, that cons list would be way bigger, and yet here yeah, you are, yeah, yeah. 30 years still doing it. No, I hear you, 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 you're right. you, you. You obviously believe in it, and you're obviously, you, you, you go through the quagmire, and you you know, you've know come out pretty strong with this last record, and thank you. like I said, you look great, you sound great. Oh, thank you, man. We're looking forward to the show. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you for having me on my show, you on bet. your show, buddy. Yeah. Decibel Geek, watch this baby. <laughs> this guy doesn't fart around, man. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Some people are going to be disappointed. Ah! <laughs> Everyone has a tragedy or a stolen, broken heart. Can you write me a symphony so I won't fall apart? Can you give me some clarity? It remains to be seen. Sunlight, so I can conquer the last. Whoa, 
can you chase away my demons so they'll never 